Hello, Benjamin. Hello, Derek. How are you? I'm good. Having a good day. Are you? Yeah, the uh, episode that announced uh, Habits for Hackers dropped uh, at midnight this morning. And so I started tweeting about it and emailing about it and launching it. It's, it's the fun part. Yes. Yeah. I've been doing a little launching myself. So You have. We had a good, good week. week. Yeah. Those are always fun. Yeah. We should uh, talk about what's going on there. Uh, yeah, we should. You want to dive in first? You want to talk about the hackers and those habits? Yeah, um, I'll talk about it a little bit. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's it's going on right now. Like I just emailed my like newsletter, um, tweeted about it this morning. I've like done this, the minimal things, I guess. I haven't done much more promotion beyond that where it's like, okay, just reach out to my existing audience and sort of see how it goes. Uh, I'm just, I just hit 250 people on that like new list. It's, uh, it seems good. People are pretty psyched. Like I tweeted a image of like the, the H1 earlier this week and people are like, yeah, into it. Like, how do I, how do I do it? And the response so far seems positive. So, uh, feeling good about it. Cool. Good. I was looking at your landing page today. Looks, looks nice. Yeah. I think it communicates well with the, what you're trying to do. Uh, you mentioned some, some books like Atomic Habits and Deep Work. I think a lot of the things that are kind of popular right now and like, and I bet a lot of people haven't actually read all of them either. So I kind of like this is like, it's the learnings from these things that, you know, smart people are talking about right now and we should probably all be paying attention to, but you know, you busy developer don't necessarily have time to like study them all. Right. Totally. hundred percent trying to like be that. I have, I've had this idea in my head for a little while now, which is, I think there's actually a lot of room for courses that are like where you don't actually make some of the primary source material. I didn't write the book. I'm just going to help you get through the book or I distilled it for you and, you know, made it more applicable. So I, th- I think that I think that model is going to work well here. I have a bunch of things in my head for how this will work, but I don't know exactly yet. So we'll see. But that's that's how I like to go. I like to kind of fly by the seat of my pants a little bit on these sort of things. So it's it seems to have worked mostly so far. Yeah, I can't remember who observed this, but oh, maybe it was Jason Fried. But I think he said something like the truth is most decisions in business don't really matter that much. It would have been fine if you, you know, spent a lot of time belaboring, like thinking about how to do this versus just like, I don't know, just ship it and see what happens. And I think especially in the spirit of being iterative, like I'm kind of I'm glad you're just like, "Eh, I'm going to figure out the details, but let's just start gauging interest now, you know? Totally. Yeah. The thing about a list of people that are interested in the rough outline of the thing you're talking about is that you can ask them. And that's definitely what I'll be doing. So I have a vision in mind, but I'll be bouncing it off the group. And it's, I think that will help a lot. This is like the best time is like when like the signups are rolling in fast enough that like every time I refresh, it's like, ooh, a few new things are there. It's like so addicting. It's crazy. Yes, it is. It is. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm always derailed pretty heavily on oh, launch yeah. days. Like <laughs> don't, don't even try to get much uh, productive stuff done. <laughs> yep. I am literally just watching numbers happen and like yep. bathing in the dopamine. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes you got to take that dopamine bath, you know. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's cool. I'm looking forward to I mean, we'll be talking more about this, I'm sure. But that's that's what's up uh, with that right now. Good week for Tuple as well, actually. So we just had a good, uh, useful coaching call today. There is um, this person we know and like who is very much a WebRTC expert. And so we bought some time from him and had our first call today. And it was it's useful. Turns out experts know a lot about things. And <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so and, and asking an expert on a thing that you're trying to do can uh, be useful. Yeah. Yeah. 
How, how did you go about finding this expert? It was some some sort of blog post he wrote, I think, um, was probably the original thing. And then also like we're like, oh, this person who wrote this useful blog post also had this useful post on the WebRTC mailing list or something. Uh, and there were just a few things where it's like, oh, this guy seems to be legit. This was actually f- a couple months ago we first talked to him. And we, we I reached out to a few people because I was like, we were feeling a little bit like, okay, we have a lot to learn here. We should talk to someone that knows what's up. And I reached out to um, multiple folks and he was the best by far of that initial round of consulting. So we, we decided to, to restart that. That's cool. And I'm sure like, yeah, as you guys go deeper, like now you probably have, like, especially in your technical team, a collective, like pretty deep knowledge of stuff. So now like the questions can go a bit deeper, right? That's exactly what it was. Yeah. That first call was useful for getting kind of oriented, but there was just so much to learn still. And now it's like, okay, we have a specific problem with this specific piece and we now understand the other pieces. So it's, it's more useful and it's a better conversation overall for sure. So were you on this call just like kind of not fully understanding the kind totally. of conversation <laughs> <Yeah>. going by? <laughs> yeah. I turned my mic off and then I turned my video off because I was just like... <laughs> like just kick- gradually back away. <laughs> yeah, I was just eventually like like sitting on my bed, just like relaxing, just being like, just like, I was listening, but I like not really following. So I, I probably won't even join the next one, to be honest. It doesn't just doesn't make sense. Like, I feel like it's it's my job to make sure that we make calls like that happen. Like make sure the team has what we need, but like not to actually sit in on it. That was right. very useful. Totally. So we have an interesting experience, which is we've been working on reducing the latency of Tuple. We've had some wins there, and that's awesome. But it turns out reducing the latency and reducing the perceived latency are about as good as each other. And so there was this one thing that had always been sort of annoying where this might be hard to describe with words. <laughs> but basically, there was a situation where you would see your mouse on the person's screen that you were pairing with and there was like your local mouse and then there was like the shadow mouse that like was going out to the internet and back and it was really annoying because it was like just kind of this constant reminder of like this isn't quite live it didn't feel like a real mouse like you could just always see it like kind of the slow poking behind you and it was just like always like annoying and like you're like you didn't have to wait for it to get to the new spot to actually click it but you felt like you had to and so it just like gave this like sort of sluggish feeling with on all the mouse stuff. And this last week we changed how we were doing that, rendering the mouse and sending the data and all that. And now on both sides, you only see your local real mouse. And so it feels really snappy now. And, and the interesting thing is there's still like a slight delay. Like if you click on a thing, there's still a little delay before it happens because like it's, it is going over the internet and then like the, the data of the video has to come back to you but it doesn't feel like the app is laggy anymore or like that tuple is laggy. It feels like the thing just hasn't quite responded yet because your mouse is going fast. Like it's, it has a very different feel to it. Yeah. That's yeah, perception is super powerful, right? Totally. Yeah. So this was, a, this was an interesting lesson. Whereas like we had been thinking about like the, the, and like the real latency still matters for sure. But if you can just make it feel snappier, sometimes that is like maybe that that was a big win too. Like just using it feels better than it used to by a big amount. And this wasn't super hard. Right. Since you're building this tool for a specific use case, like you can, I don't know if there's probably like aspects that you can prioritize other over other aspects where like prioritizing these bits over these bits because this part really matters on the you know part of the screen that they're using whereas like just generic like screen sharing probably has different priorities you know totally yeah that whole thing of like localizing the updates to what is likely to have changed and having some smarts about that is a bit down the road for us i would say like that's a a kind of a hard thing to do 
but I, but like, at least in theory, we have all the things we need where it's like, we can see, for example, like keyboard events coming over the wire. And so I can tell like, okay, Derek is typing on my machine. And then we can say like, what just changed? Okay. It changed like these pixels changed. All right. The next change is probably within, you know, 50 pixels of where that was. And so build a box around that and like update that hyper fast and kind of maybe, you know, deprioritize the rest. That's the kind of thing that you probably just wouldn't really do if you weren't building a pair programming app, but that we can eventually get to. And, and I'm actually really excited about it. You're recognizing the areas where you're not going to do it right now, but someday, like this is the spot where we would focus on this. And I kind of have similar things in level where like if like the interface is pretty snappy right now, I think I think it's like good enough. But there's all kinds of areas where like I have this blob of data and every time I'm loading the page, I'm fetching this from the server. But like this is a caching opportunity right here. Like I can just take this thing and dump it into local storage or like I can do some optimistic pretend that this post already saved successfully, even though I haven't gotten a response back from the server yet. I don't know. I'm not going to spend time like worrying about the edge cases with that right now and like figuring out how to deal with failure modes. If I needed to, I wanted to make it even snappier. Like I know I would just drop this blob of data into this collection at this time and it would render properly, you know? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of nice. Yeah, it's nice to know that there is like juice in the orange. There's so many more things that we can do and we'll eventually get to them. That feels good to me. That's it for me. You've had a big week, though. I'm really curious to hear how things have been going. Yeah, yeah. So this is the week that I shipped my, well, two things. I announced the the beginning of the level launch, uh, which is going to be happening. I've been saying late January in most places, but I think I did mention somewhere like January 21st is the day I'm targeting to basically begin um, kind of the rolling launch for level. This is kind of similar to the process that we did with, well, the rolling launch at least is similar to the process we did with Drip where like we didn't do just like a big bang, like email the entire list of everybody who's ever been interested and just open it up to everybody because, you know, then you're you're potentially you're blowing your one opportunity. And if things go wrong during that, then like there's no more list to like go hit up for the next <laughs> for the next time when you fix the things, you know. So I think it's just a you know a better approach to take. Do it gradually. So so yeah, I announced that I'm starting that in January, which it feels really good to get that deadline set. I mean, it's definitely like a healthy amount of pressure, but I already am feeling like, okay, this is this is real now. Like people are people know about this, people are responding to it, and now people are putting money down to basically (laughs) that's the second big milestone is like you can now pre-order level and when you put 48 dollars down that basically guarantees your spot in the first cohort so basically it's targeted at people who you know recognize the problem they are vibing with the marketing material i've put out so far about level and that they're compelled enough to you know they really want this bad enough that they're going to part with 48 dollars which will then later get applied to their subscription so I was so psyched to see you launch that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. How is that done? So I don't really know a good measuring stick to like say whether it's been good or not, but I feel really good about it. So I have booked around two grand in, in pre-orders. That's awesome. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. And so it's, I mean, if you look at like percentage of the list, like it's a pretty small percentage, but I don't know. I had, I had a moment a, a day, day or two before I did this where I was like, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't even do it. Like, why Why would anybody actually pay me money at this stage? Like, I don't have a product to give them right now. I'm explaining what the product is. I have a lot of screenshots out there and stuff and, and kind of the story, the narrative crafted around it. I just started questioning, like, are, is anyone actually going to do this? So I got a kick out of it when the first one came through like 10 minutes after. I was like, 
first dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's so exciting. Yeah. That's legit. That's, a, that's like 40-ish people yeah. signing up. The great thing about that is each of those people could represent many team members. Exactly. Yeah. So I already know, like I recognize quite a few of the names on there. I know some of them are, you know, from fairly, fairly large companies, startups. You know, I want to have conversations with each of these people over the coming weeks and, and months. But, you know, so I don't know if they're thinking a small small subset of their team or if they're thinking whole company but you know i think there's there's quite a bit of revenue potential here so that's that's really encouraging and yeah so i just kind of the walk through the process that i that i went for i kind of debated like should i write up a whole new sales page for this or should i just like swap out the call to action on the home page and i started i spent a little bit of time writing a sales page and ended up just kind of not not super happy with it and felt like i was kind of repeating myself from the manifesto and what was already on the homepage. So decided to just double down on on my existing homepage and just swap out the call to action. So instead of, you know, instead of the bottom saying reserve your handle today, now it's save your spot in line. And uh, basically the, you know, call to action, the button is buy level. <laughs> I refined this like earlier today, I shipped a an improved, I feel like an improved description of of what the call to action actually is. And then I listed some FAQs under it. And now looking back at the copy I had on there yesterday when I shipped it, I was like, man, this was this was really like pretty vague, <laughs> but still it, it generated quite a few, quite a few pre-orders. So I, I probably wouldn't have been worth spending a lot more time, you know, in delaying this launch. I just needed I just needed to ship it. And then I started getting questions from people and people were confused about like, is this for individuals or companies? And like, what is life level actually going to cost? And so. It was based on that that I actually was able to assemble a frequently asked questions section based on frequently asked questions. <laughs> That's the best. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And you have customers now. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, pre, you are no longer pre revenue. This is true. This, this ruins true. your VC chances, by the way. Yeah. I know. I can't. It's going to be much harder to raise. Yep. <laughs> I liked your price point. I thought 48 bucks was like a good number. I think what led to my just feeling of like, uncertainty is like i really felt like i was making a lot of this stuff up during the process because it's not like i don't see this happening every day where like a SaaS company decides to pre-launch and offer pre-orders and pull a number out of thin air so i was just kind of like i don't know i'm just making this up i mean originally i was like maybe it should be a hundred dollars then i was like i don't know that just doesn't quite sit right with me and so then since i'm working on basically eight dollars per per user per month is where my pricing's at right now i was like let's just make it a multiple a nice multiple of eight and mm -hmm. so yeah interesting i noticed you went with the like your price is the same as the more expensive slack pricing i don't know if you did that intentionally yes so that was that was intentional and i i had i've had my spreadsheet of like the competitive analysis for a while and just kind of been sitting with it and i was having a conversation with a friend of mine actually and he's he's in sales he was like well, how much does slack cost and i was like oh it's eight and he was like yeah you don't want to be any cheaper in fact you should probably be more because you know, pricing really, these numbers are all made up anyways. So pricing is really just, it's relative and it's psychology, you know, is what you're dealing with. And so to say like, oh, I don't know, I'm going to be the lower cost option as just like, I don't want that to be the reason that people are signing up for level because it's a little bit cheaper than Slack, you know? Right. Yep. That's not, an, like, that's not a good story. No one feels excited about that story. No. And I have like, I basically have no interest in even trying to throw that in to the story of like, it can do all these th great things for you and revolutionize the way your internal communication happens. And you can save a buck. Like, I don't even like that last part just I feel like cheapens it. So for sure. 
Um, yeah, I feel like this is the boutique product. Right? Yeah. Like you don't go to the fancy uh, salon to save money. No. Like you want to be like, I'm, I'm in for this experience. I'm here because it's expensive, because I think it means it's going to be good. Right, right. There are other options out there. I mean, there's products that are positioned similarly, but I think we're all pretty different. And so... You know, it's like you, you can't necessarily get the exact same experience. If you like if you like level, then I mean, I'm going to charge a fair price for it. But it's not like there's a drop in replacement for it. There's other tools that are trying to be calm workplace facilitating tools. But like, I don't know, it's just I'm trying to build something unique here. So. Mm. So why isn't it 18 per seat per month? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Well, I figured that it was safe to at least start on par and the price will likely go up over time. I mean, that's kind of, and that's kind of the trajectory that, that you go. So really this is just a, a, a level set, you know, a starting point is how I see it. Okay. I've been really reluctant to commit to pricing. I'm still figuring it out, I guess. I think we'll be figuring it out for a long time because you just don't know when I have like sales calls with people, like I'm, I'm always trying new numbers and just like seeing where the what the tolerance is and and whatnot i told you this offline the other day but i was on a call with somebody and i was like oh it's it's x for this for for the alpha axis and he's like oh that seems reasonable to me and i was like damn it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i know i was hoping you would say that's crazy but i guess maybe we'll pay it or something you know so it's i, I think i'm gonna stay tight-lipped about pricing for a while until I have like really explored this space. I think this is like such an important number to get right and like important dial to try at different levels that I, I really want to mess around with it. I was thinking along similar lines as you. And in fact, when I launched the pre-order, I didn't publicly state pricing. You know, people still, there were still definitely people who, who bought, but I got that question. That was probably the number one question is like, dot 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 did i miss like what does level actually cost like it was a big barrier for people like i don't want to i don't want to put money down until i know what this is going to cost even though i mean my argument against that was like if you're willing to put money down you're not like gonna say no if it's six or say no if it's eight dollars and yes if it's six dollars like so i was just kind of banking on the fact that people would assume i'm going to charge a fair fair price in line with kind of the industry since i'm asking for money i kind of need to at least tell people what it's going to cost them hmm. yeah i've been kind of sidestepping that by like when i have people purchase alpha access I, I say like this is for tuple access while you're in the alpha which will be some number of months and a year after that and so it's kind of like this custom plan where i don't feel like even if people knew that the prices that alpha people were paying it doesn't like really lock me into that and also if it changed after i was like hey by the way like after that year's up it's a different thing i don't think anyone would, be, would think that's weird yep yep i think this is going to be a it's going to be a small manageable enough group of people who are willing to pre-order at this stage that i'm fine i feel comfortable with letting these folks have you know eight dollars per seat but i don't know in a, a month from now like if i've marinated on it for longer and decide like i actually want to be more of the premium provider and feel comfortable doing that then i might just raise the price and of course anyone who bought with this currently published would i would honor that but trying not to think of the pricing as too static um and you know i think that's the right mindset yeah it's like as long as you just like are playing with it it's the numbers are like less important than the the habit of yeah working on it yep 
And since I do have a number in mind right now, it's like, I don't want this to be a reason that someone doesn't click the buy button right now. I want to lower that barrier for, for folks who are like otherwise ready to say like, yep, I'm ready to put some money down for a pre-order. Gotcha. Yeah. So I, I sometimes when I have like a launch like this, like the, the launch is exciting and and great. And then like a couple of days later, I'm like wiped out where I'm just like, all right, I, that, that, that experience is over. And now it's just like all the hard work and like, oh man, now I have to do the hard part. Yeah. I feel the same thing too. And so um, yesterday in the midst of my just complete scatterbrained, like refreshing numbers phase, I was like, okay, while, while you still can, you like, you're giving yourself today, try to make a, a list, like this is one of my, one of my hacks, make a list, <laughs> make a list of your next priorities. And because for me, what's happening is I'm, you know, anytime I set a public deadline, I start thinking about all the things that I want to have done and I want to tackle all of them at the same time. So I think I need to use my use the moments that I can to try to think clearly about priorities and then try to set priorities aside so that I'm not constantly like getting distracted by like, oh, but I wanted to build this other thing. And oh, this other thing's really important. I made a list like first up was to write this FAQ. And so I did that this morning. I didn't feel scatterbrained about it. And then next up, I'm going to I'm going to take the roadmap and basically more explicitly prioritize, like, what do I want before this January deadline? Like, what is absolutely essential? And then I'm just going to try my best to stick to that and ignore the potential uh, kind of let down feeling you can get coming off that that high of a launch, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Having a list of a prioritized list of things that you know are good next ideas is so useful. Like that's when I'm at my worst is when I'm not quite sure what to do. But like when it's like, okay, it's clear the next thing is this, then I'm so much better at just like sitting down and cranking it out. Yep. And I think especially during during times like this, when when you do a launch and you're getting a lot of people and a lot of people are emailing me, there, there's questions, there's, you know, congratulatory emails, there's people who are pumped about what I'm working on. And then there's questions about like, this looks really exciting. So is level going to offer this? Is it going to have this? Is it going to have this? And there's just, it's tempting to like, want to say like, um, yeah, tol- it's totally going to have that. I'll try to, you know, try to build that like soon. So the energy of people who are also really excited along with you, but they just want these, this short list of things to really make it awesome for them. Like it's easy for those, um, that feedback to kind of cloud your mind and, and distract you from what you know you absolutely need to build. So just trying to combat that as much as possible. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need it. Um, so I, as we're talking, I realized I had a uh, related and relevant thing to share. No, oh, yeah. Which is we sat down and picked the date that we're going to start the Ooh, Nice. You're going to state it on the air today? Yes, we're going on record. All right. Uh, so January 7th. Nice. I think it'll probably take most of that week to get people fully on. Like we, we don't want to do, even our alpha group is now getting a little bit big. So it's like, I don't want to do the, like invite everyone quite all at once, but that will be for sure the first people and with the goal of getting everyone in quickly. Uh, and, and just like you having that deadline has already been like so useful for us. So we're like, okay, if that really is the deadline, like let's go ahead and make the list. Like what needs to happen? And like immediately started being like, eh, that's good, but we're just not going to do that. And like prioritizing it, moving it around, knocking stuff out. It, it felt good. I honestly wasn't sure what to expect when you were going to pick a date. I didn't know if it was going to be like March or February. So that's, I'm encouraged here, January. Like that's, yeah. that's really good. I, I mean, as of now, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about that date. The problems keep kind of falling and like the, the things keep coming together. So 
I think we're in pretty good shape for that. Like it's going it, to, it's not the easiest deadline ever, but it's, I feel good about it. Right. right. I, I feel especially good at it as the, about the, as the guy who doesn't have to write any of the code. <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah. totally great. That's a sign of your confidence in your co-founders. That's what that is. I actually do have a ton of confidence in them. Like just, they have been pretty uh, awesome and relentless. So like I, 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 I have faith. I think it's going to go fine. So yeah, it's nice to have that out there. And it's it's been nice to be able to, I've started telling people it. Like, so I was like, just, by the way, like this is going to happen on this date. And it's like, oh, it's so nice to have a date. Especially as I'm talking to like prospects and whatnot. It's like, hey, like you should maybe do this alpha thing. Uh, it'll happen, uh, you know, at some point. It's it's a lot more compelling to be like, it's going to start now. And then like once that date starts, like that's that's when the alpha starts. And like, so there's no more new alpha people during that, I suspect. So it lets me start thinking about, okay, how do we prioritize the beta kind of thing? Like, how do we, I think we'll do a very similar thing to what you're doing. So like we have, I think we're, we're getting pretty close to alpha fullness. And then it's like, okay, so how do we pick the next people, the next round? It's like probably to be something like the, an early access type program. Yeah. Do you have a set of expectations for people who are quote unquote alpha testers versus beta versus like, how are you thinking about the different, like the distinctions between those cohorts? The way I've been just describing it to people who are joining the alpha is that like we want to intentionally keep it small so that we can give you a ton of attention. And in return, hopefully we're going to get a lot of feedback. I'm trying to only let in people who pair a lot and are likely to and are feeling pain and are likely to actually use the app and get back to us because it's, it's not that good if they're just they pay, but then don't really try it like that's that doesn't do much for us or them. And so actually, I had a sales call uh, yesterday with someone and uh, after just a couple of minutes, I was just kind of like, actually, I don't think you're you're really a good fit. And it seemed like he had like the budget and was probably like, I probably could have like made it happen. But I was just like, I just, I don't think you're going to get that much value from this. And so I, I'm not sure it makes sense for us to do this right now. Maybe in the beta, maybe when we hit public, like you're on our email list. So, you know, feel free to purchase this at some point. But it seems like you're not quite the diehard, like active user that we want right now. Yeah, that's good. It shows, shows some restraint on your part to not just take the money you know <laughs> i was proud of myself i'll be honest yeah because <laughs> yeah. it was it was kind of hard you know mm-hmm. it's like okay I, I think i could make this happen i could just probably get some money right now but like is this going to be what we is this what we really need or am i just like all talk and it's like no actually I, I do care about the the quality of people and the types of people that are in the alpha because i do think they will have an opportunity to shape the product a lot at a very uh, formative time yeah and it's a, it's a really important to protect the the kind of uh, feedback you're getting during that time because kind of for the same reasons I was mentioning like you can get people with really loud voices and deep pockets trying to influence you in a certain direction I still come back to this as one of the biggest struggles during this whole product development process is just getting like getting statistically significant data you know like most of it is not so it's this combination of like gut feel and i'm going to inherently give more weight to this particular person because i feel like they're a really good fit for the product but that's where so much of like the the feeling comes into it it's not like as easy as just surveying people and figuring out like what's the correct roadmap based on the consensus of the potential group of people who are going to pay me you know because we just you're just not dealing with numbers of that magnitude and that would probably produce a crappy product anyways <laughs> so totally um i have an article you got to read you may it may have come across your 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 transom already is that a thing is that a phrase that might be a phrase by one of the co-founders of superhuman he wrote an article about product market fit and their process for getting to it and if you look at people who talk about using superhuman like i it's pretty fair to say they have nailed it 
uh, people seem to be like really insanely in love with their product. And and the article was was very well written. So uh, I'm gonna have to send that over to you and we'll have to link that up because and I actually I wrote a note to talk about it possibly on a future episode because it was that good. Oh, cool. Yeah, and I immediately it shared it with with uh, Joel and Spencer too. Nice. That might be some good. There's some good stuff. I think we should probably both steal in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's the love, love stealing stuff. <laughs> there's just good ideas. They're just out there. You could just take them. I know. It's amazing. Yeah. We may have even thrown a couple in this podcast over the years. I know. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully there was one or two that other people I, are stealing. I hope so. Actively. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey, and by the way, thanks for the uh, design help on the Habits for Hackers landing Oh, you page. bet. Yeah. I love having friends with taste. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I touched on this last episode too, but this kind of like common language of these tailwind utilities where like I just totally popped into dev tools and I was like, you know, this headline, this subhead's feeling a little small to me. I'm just going to throw a text 6XL on this and see how it looks. And I was like, oh, that feels better. I'll pass it along to bed. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Chris Fidow, Fidow, not actually correct how to say his name, but he uh, did the same thing. He actually sent me a gist that was like, I think you should try these classes on these various elements. Uh, and like I actually accepted all his suggestions. And that's that is a thing I did not even think about is like Tailwind gives you a common set of the common language and so there's no like coming up to speed on what the styles what the classes mean and you can make suggestions that are like specific and like easily actionable it's mm-hmm. kind of amazing mm-hmm. i don't know those adam lathan and steve shoger have it figured out Ooh, i got the reference in bam finally <laughs> took 32 minutes jeez we almost didn't make that hard man <sighs> we almost broke our most important rule i know <laughs> so all right uh, in browser design tool that is like sketch but it just it gives you access to the tailwind classes yeah you know what i was thinking would be really awesome and there might be something out there that exists for this actually I'm, it's kind of like in the back of my mind i feel like i've seen something like this but i wanted to just make the changes and then like boom issue a pull request to you because you, your repo is public right yeah, uh, yeah i think it is i, I think, think so, it might yeah. be i like found it and i almost did it in a pr and then i was like this is going to take more time than if i just sent you over the class names someone is doing something very like this is this and mode or something what is yeah called? yeah drysdale i think is doing this that is a hard thing to google google does not like ampersand mode mod dot there it is i don't know if this is exactly that but he's this is kind of what he's talking about yeah where you basically make like turns things into content editable or something and then you I think it turns into a pull request. That's that's my hope. Yeah. It's this idea where it's like design in the browser and then give it to a developer to have them actually make the changes. Yeah. But yeah, it would be great if that were just a PR. Mm. I know. Mm. Mm. I don't know. Mod-dot.com. That's like almost intentionally hard to understand. <laughs> Mod-dot.com. Mod-dot.com. Say that 10 times fast. That's some feedback for you, Jared. <laughs> Why is everything going so well right now? I don't know, but next week I... I don't know. I won't. I won't jinx it. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Let's just try to keep this up. Yes. Yes. All right. So I just had to refresh this once. All right. Two hundred eighty-one subscribers. <laughs> let's see if just I made enough. any sales while we're on this call. Oh my god, that'd be great. Uh, one more. Yes. Hey. So, hey. <laughs> awesome. That's how you podcast. Yes. <laughs> and that's how you make money while you podcast. Boom. <laughs> Because this thing doesn't pay that much by itself. <laughs> yeah. We should invent fake advertisers for each episode and then send them invoices for huge amounts. Oh, yeah. We should just pretend that like MailChimp sponsored this and be like, our standard sponsorship rates apply. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you there's like, there probably is a gullible company out there that would just pay an invoice. 
I think there's a whole host of them. I think this is probably a great scam, honestly. It's just send. In the, but you sh- if you're interested in this idea, I, <laughs> I'm inter- I, w- I want to invest. There should be VCs for fraud. Yeah. Will you pay their bail? That's the question. <laughs> Ooh, that's interesting. No, like that will be, yeah, we'll just have insurance for that. Yeah, there you go. That's what insurance is In the is case for. of uh, that we actually get busted. Yes. Wow. It's almost Thanksgiving time. We should wrap it up. We're yes. clearly getting a little loopy. I think so. Well, that, already that trip to fan. Where are the notes of the show? Oh, the notes of the show are at artofproductpodcast.com. Thank you all for listening and have a great Thanksgiving if that's your thing. Or actually, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes, I, I hope you did seven days late. Yes. Alrighty. Bye-bye. Bye.